And I swear to God, if I have to hear, did you know that Frank Reich played for the Buffalo Bills and had the biggest comeback of all time more than two, three times while I'm at the game? I'm, I'm just going to be like, I, we, we know. It's, it's a belabored point. Everyone knows it. If you don't know football, you probably have heard it somewhere. If you live in the Western New York area, we get it. He played for the Bills. But on Sunday, it's business. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. Welcome in, everyone, to the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, a show on the built-in Buffalo Network. My name is Andrew Chang, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Justin Goddard. Tonight, Justin and I are going to preview the Bills week, what, 11? 11 now? Is yeah. It? Wow, kind of crazy to say that. Opponent against the Indianapolis Colts, a game that I will personally be in attendance for. So, you know for sure we're going to give you our, you know, just our overall thoughts about this team, their strengths, their weaknesses, and of course our game day predictions. But before we get into all that, you can always find us and our podcasts on most social media and podcasting platforms and of course on YouTube by searching up The Wandering Buffalo Podcast. We're a part of the Built-in Buffalo Network where you can find them, again, on most social media and podcasting platforms and on YouTube. So check them out. They do great work over there. Uh, Justin, before we get into this game preview, how are you doing today? I'm I'm good, man. A little jealous that you're uh, making it out to Orchard Park for this game. Uh, yeah. And I understand it uh, might be somebody's first time going to... Uh, Orchard Park, huh? It is. I'm taking my girlfriend to her first Bills game ever. And she does not care for football. But it's my goal to make her enjoy it. And she already told me that there's a slight possibility. Well, she already told me if it's raining, I'm not going. There's a 40% chance of rain as of right now. And we're recording this on Monday. So... Good thing she doesn't listen to the show. Right. I'm sorry. Actually, it's Tuesday. My days are all mixed up. (laughs) I've been checking the weather consistently, just like, come on, no rain, no rain, and it's just slowly on the uprise. So I'm like, yikes. I'm going to have to lie to her. (laughs) I won't lie to her, but uh, hey, you know, if she bails, Justin, you're coming with me. We're going. We're going. Um, anyways, this game is going to be on Sunday, November 21st in Orchard Park, New York. Again, I'll be there. It's cloudy. And as of today, Tuesday, the 16th of November, it'll be 49 degrees, 41% chance of rain. Yikes. God, I hope it really doesn't rain. That would be suck. That will really, really suck. Uh, It's a wild card rematch game, which the Bills, uh, had to stop a Hail Mary pass for, for them to, you know, advance in the playoffs. And luckily, Phillip Rivers just couldn't throw the ball that far anymore. But uh, I did get a little nervous. Uh, Justin, how do you feel about the weather? How are you doing today in general? And just what recommendations can you give me from one Bills fan to another to make this experience memorable for my girlfriend? Lots on pack there. <laughs> well, for yeah. starters, for starters, for anybody that doesn't know, Andrew and I, take our own separate notes 
um, try not to feed off of each other's opinions too much. I have the first thing in my section here for the game day is that I was kind of hoping for rain. <laughs> Nice. Rain, rain, snow, some sort of elements. The Colts are a dome team, so make them come out to Highmark and and play in like thirty degrees and snow. So now I'll be hoping against that for you. Um, I'm cool with snow. Snow is very okay with me. It's that wet wind. You know, if it's raining and it's windy, like forget about it. Like oh, I'd rather miserable. have snow all day. Yeah, snow you can kind of shake off. the The wet rain just cuts you. Or the wet rain. The cold rain just cuts you right to the skin. You can't do anything about it. My bones. Um, I mean, if you want to make her a Bills fan in one Sunday, I mean, you you got to put her through a table, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm i definitely going to put her through a table. She doesn't drink. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking lots of good food. Chicken wings. We're going to have to home make something. And uh, maybe I'll throw her through a table anyway, you know? Yeah. If she's Whatever. not drinking, she's not going to enjoy that at all. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think she, yeah, she's like, I don't want to wake up at 7 in the morning or like 6 in the morning, drive out to Buffalo and stay there from 7 till 4 p.m. in the rain. And, you know, I don't really blame her if she has no stake in the Bills football, you know, atmosphere. But uh, she's doing this for me, so I appreciate her. And as for her going through a table, she's only 110 pounds. I, I don't think – I think the table would break her. <laughs> well, anyways, moving on, let's talk about this Colts offense and defense. We'll start with the offense, quarterback specifically, Carson Wentz. And I know – at least when I thought about the trade acquisition in the offseason, I thought the Eagles were super sellers of Carson Wentz. And the fact that they were able to get a second, which could turn into a first, in my opinion, was stupid on the Colts end. Overpaid. Like, they just got finessed. And he's playing okay right now. Um, some ups, some downs, and their record definitely reflects that. I think they're even, right? Or something like that. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, so, something like that. And he's not as bad as he was last year. I just think, you know, he tries to do too much when it's not necessary. He's okay. Yeah, I I agree with pretty much all of that. I don't really fault the Colts for trying something because it, you know, if you don't have a quarterback in this league, you're just kind of spinning your wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip Rivers retires, you know, he looked like a shell of his former self last year. Anyways. Um, the compensation is kind of what gets me that that can turn into a first round pick. And for me personally, if it's my organization, I would, I'd rather have that first round pick in my pocket and, you know, what does this team win without once four or five, maybe six games? You know, they could really lean on some other parts of the team. Um, but, I mean, you're talking a decent swing at a rookie quarterback that you can kind of reset your franchise with. Granted, I don't like a ton of the quarterbacks coming out, but neither here nor there. I just I thought it was an expensive price tag for Wentz, and, 
you know, right when the trade happened, I was like, well, he's never going to play 75% of the snaps, so it's the second. So I guess that's not so bad. But Wentz has been playing, and it looks like looks like that might turn into a first-round pick. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, as, as you said, he's, he's kind of middle of the pack to me. I, I think they're winning ball games, not necessarily because of him, but they're also not losing because of him. So I think that's right about what to expect from Carson Wentz at this point. You know, he's not he's not leading MVP races anymore. He's just kind of uh he, he's an average starting quarterback. Yeah. Crazy to say that because he you know, for a while the Eagles were like, Oh my god, we got the guy. Mm-hmm. And for a while he looked like the guy and I mentioned this a moments ago, but he did not look anything like himself last year and hard to say where he is right now and if anyone's going to get the magic out of him that he had during his MVP I guess uh, campaign it's going to be Frank Reich because they were together in Philly <laughs> Justin I don't really know anything about the back of a quarterback do you want to say anything anything about him uh, just for for Colts fan sakes you, you hope Carson Wentz stays healthy with, with all the injuries that he's dealt with you know, it, it kind of feels to me more of a matter of when and not if, and they haven't really, they haven't really given themselves other options. So I, I think Ellinger was fifth round pick in this past draft, but mm-hmm. a young raw prospect. And if there's a situation where where once we're to go down in a game where you're playing against the Bills, I mean, you saw what they did to Mike White last week, and. You've seen what they've done to all kinds of young quarterbacks going against them. So mm-hmm. if you're a Colts fan, hope for once to stay healthy. Right, right. Let's move on to the running backs. And this is where, in my opinion, the problem begins. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. He is a beast of a man. Super productive. I think he's like third in the NFL in rushing right now. And I mentioned this on yesterday's episode. If you could combine Moss's physicality, Brita's speed, and Singletary's vision and balance, you get you get something similar to a Jonathan Taylor, right? And that's exactly who the Colts have. He's a factor. You have to keep him in mind when constructing a defense against him. And when the Bills did play him last year, they did. They made him the focus, like, all right, you're not going to beat us, Jonathan Taylor. You got to, Philip, you're going to have to throw that ball. And it got a little close out there, but uh, the Bills, I suspect they'll make a big emphasis on stopping Taylor again this year, like they did last year in the playoffs. Moving on to the other pieces, and I'll let you chime in, of course, with everything. Naeem Hines, he's dumb fast, right? makes plays whenever he gets the balls in his hand. He also does special team returns. That's someone you got to keep in mind for. And then Marlon Mack, I'm pretty sure he requested a trade. So, like, he's there, but he's not. So it's really the Hines and Taylor show in the backfield. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor's easily my biggest concern going into this game. Um, With Derrick Henry out for the rest of the season, I – I personally think Jonathan Taylor's the best running back in the NFL right now. Um, so, I mean, this this is the type of guy where he's he's going to eat, and it's a matter of controlling how much he can do that to you. Um, so, I mean, we saw it kind of 
to an extent early in the year against the Titans. You know, we we held Derek and Derek Henry in check most of the day. Obviously, you know, he busts out the seventy six yard run and you know, that big one that you can't have. And I think it's kind of the same type of game plan with Jonathan Taylor where you have to really focus your efforts on stopping him and that's easier said than done, but make make one speech you through the air and you got to worry about Jonathan Taylor there too because he's a great receiver out of the backfield too. And then mm-hmm. Naheem Hines, also a good good receiver out of the backfield. Like you said, he's got that stupid speed. And if he gets into the open field, good luck stopping him. I also will say as, as far as his return duties go, I am completely okay with uh, – Matt Hawk might do it on accident anyways, but I'm fine with kicking the ball out of bounds away from Naheem Hines. I don't want that ball to go in his hands any more times than necessary. Uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, but it was like two, three weeks ago. I was just hanging out watching football, and I I watched uh, Hines bust out this long run on just like a simple crack toss play. And I I just went right to my phone. I was like, Jake and, Jake and Andrew, like, I want I want Naheem Hines on my team next year. Make make it happen, Bean. <laughs> oh yeah, and then he was like fantasy or on the Bills, and you were like, Bumps. Bumps. <laughs> yeah, I need that guy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he, he's definitely. I mean, it's a good one-two punch. That's for sure. For sure. Let's move on to the wide receivers here: Michael Pittman, T. Y. Hilton, uh, Zach Pascal, and others. Michael Pittman, I think he's coming on pretty strong in his second season. Uh, the Bills, the Bills had a little trouble with him last year in their matchup, and as of right now, I think he's pretty undoubtedly the number one on the Colts. If, in my opinion, you know, I'm not a Colts fan. I don't have expertise. I don't study them, but you know, T.Y. Hilton is there when he's not hurt, but he's not the same player that he was before. But that doesn't mean he still doesn't have it. It's just if he's healthy. He's healthy, um, and you know, obviously, if T.Y. Hillen can play, the Bills have to account for it. But I think the emphasis for the Colts is to get Pittman the ball more. He's just a bigger, younger, faster version at this point. Um, Zach Pascal and the other wide receivers, you know, they're solid backups, but nothing to rave about at the same time. And that's not a knock against this wide receiving core, it's it's hard to have depth at every single position here in the NFL for any team. And, you know, the, the idea of a complete team is something very hard to obtain because of salary cap, resources, um, draft picks, and it's it's got to be the right fit of culture and whatnot. And you see... The only way these complete teams come together is because star talent NFL players go like, I don't care about money. I just want to go here because they have the best chance to get a ring. You know, I don't know. So and even those teams still have like holes in them. You know, look at look at the Rams on Sunday night that that's. They keep on stacking star power and they just got embarrassed by the 49ers. So, yeah, not a knock against them. Yeah, but, uh, I'll, is what it is. I'll say it, 
I feel like it's a pretty underwhelming receiving core. And what I find myself starting to do when I'm when I'm doing like these matchup notes is in my head I'm like comparing everybody one to one with like the Bills receivers. <laughs> which, mm-hmm. which, you know, not many teams in the league have the same type of receiving core we have. But Michael Pittman's a receiver I really like. I he was like one fingertip away from hauling in a touchdown pass in that playoff game last year that that oh, really yeah. could have hurt us. Um, T. Y. Hilton, I like I like for his body of work, but he's not somebody that really strikes fear into me at this point. And then I put Zach Pascal and a guy that you had you didn't talk about there, Paris Campbell, kind of in the same boat. And I just wanted to touch on Paris Campbell because, like, as you're talking about roster construction and you know, having this depth and whatnot. You know, Paris Campbell was drafted to be one of their top two, three options at receiver. And I believe he was a second round pick and, you know, this promising rookie. And now two, three years into the league, he's just really struggled with injuries. And we won't see him on Sunday because he's he went to the IR this year. Um, but when you're looking at, you know, a group like that and you're, you're like, meh. This this could be better. Well, they did make the efforts to make it better, but you know, sometimes it, it just, just kind of happen. Yeah, sometimes it just kind of shakes out that way. So, yeah, Zay Jones doing his <laughs> doing his thing out in Oakland. Sometimes, yeah, it's like the Bills made an emphasis to toss resources at a wide receiver, and it didn't work out. Hmm. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on to the tight ends. It's Jack Doyle and Mo Alley Cox here. And they're more like meh weapons. And it's funny because they contributed to that game against the Bills and last year. I'm pretty sure Jack Doyle caught a touchdown against us on a blown coverage play uh, against Matt Milano, which just doesn't sound like accurate. And then Mo Alley Cox, he he also caught some you know big possession plays to keep the drives alive for the Colts last year in that wild card game. And you know, I just don't. Maybe they just brought their A game that 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 uh, last time, but I I just don't feel confident in who they are as players this year. Yeah, I I think they're both pretty okay tight ends. I think the game last year. That was like that was like Bill's 2020 defense. We we struggled with tight ends all year and and this game was no different, but we haven't really seen that to a huge extent this year. Um I mean, I can't really think of any tight end specific games that we just really got crushed by a tight end. Um and and Jack Doyle and Moelle Cox, like they're both good serviceable NFL tight ends, but they they kind of remind me of like Buffalo drought year corner uh, tight ends. Like I'm every time I see Jack Doyle, he's I just picture Scott Chandler, and like yeah, he's fine. He'll go make some plays for you, but like if the game is in the balance, I'm not I'm not worried about Jack Doyle being the one that beats us. And you know he's a good red zone threat. I I could eat my words on that, and he could be you know a spark plug for them, but. Neither of these two guys are are what's keeping me up at night. I'm Jonathan Taylor. 
Yeah. And what's in front of Jonathan Taylor is that offensive line, the true strength of this team, in my opinion. And I know you did some research on these guys. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But I, I, I did a little bit on my own in terms of like their pass block run rate, their pass rush run weight. They're 17th in the league for pass block, which kind of surprised me. They're 58%. They're run blocking, 13th in the league at 71%. Obviously, the big name on this offensive line is Quentin Nelson. He's just a stud at guard, and whoever's lined up against him is just probably not going to have a productive day. But there are other areas to attack on this offensive line and I'll, I'll just turn the keys over to you justin yeah I, honestly i i'm kind of surprised at, at those rankings for in particular for the run blocking um maybe it's more jonathan taylor than the offensive line but it seems like the offensive line is always kind of a strength to the colts going back to anthony costanzo um, Jeff Saturday, Peyton Manning. It just seems like they always have at least one like just absolute stud on the offensive line. And then, you know, I don't, I don't really know a ton about these guys, but I know what they're doing in front of the running backs that are really contributing to their success. Uh, I will say, as far as pass protection goes, that that number makes more sense to me. But it seems just looking at some of the numbers to me that they're kind of on the upswing in that department. Um, so they've allowed Wentz to be sacked 18 times this year, um, which is a pretty high number. Um, but then when I start looking at the game-by-game game breakdown, um, in each of the first two games, they allowed three sacks. Then the next set of four games, they allowed two sacks. And then the most recent four games, it was one sack in each. Um, so... You know, you obviously have to take into account the the opponent that you're playing and conditions of the game and whatnot. But it does seem like they're kind of trending in the right direction. Maybe it's a little bit mm-hmm. more getting on the same page with um, Carson Wentz and you know when he's going to get the ball out and how he moves in the pocket and whatnot. But definitely a strength for this team, and I think in the run game in particular, it's going to be a huge test for the Bills' defensive line, and I'm. I'm interested to see what we end up doing with like the game day inactives. If we bring, if we bring a couple guys in that are are more focused on stopping the run versus um, pass rush. Yeah, I I couldn't agree anymore, and uh, it, it's going to be a big test for this Bills defensive line. So, and I believe Star is going to be out again. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to finish this game preview against the Indianapolis Colts, and we're going to start with the defense. Well, we're going to finish up with the defense. Let's start with the safeties here. They got George Odum and Andrew Sadeo. And Justin, I got to say, Outside of Andrew Sadeo, I don't really know anything about this group. What do you got for me? Yeah, I, th- I think um, Andrew Sadeo, I think he's a pretty pretty good starting caliber safety. Um, the two that they have back there aren't really their preferred starters. 
Um, they have some injuries going on here too. They have um, Kari Willis and Julian Blackman that are both on the IR. And Blackman in, in particular was seemingly becoming like a bright spot to this defense. He was really turning into a really nice NFL safety. Um, so obviously hurts in that regard to not have not only one, but both of your preferred starters out. And and like I said, I think Sendejo is, is perfectly capable of playing NFL safety. I honestly can't say I mu- know much about George Odom here, so I guess we'll find out more about him on Sunday. Yeah, so sounds like a group of unproven people outside of Sendejo. So we we don't really know what, what that actually means. So I, I suspect that the Bills are going to test those safeties big time. Let's move on to the cornerbacks here. It's got Rocky. I mean, they have Rocky Sin, Xavier Rhodes, Isaiah Roger, TJ Carey, Kenny Moore, etc., etc., etc. Rhodes is listed as questionable for this game, and obviously he probably is the big one, big corner out of this um, this room because he's a proven stud and he's pretty he's kind of up there in age but his production hasn't fallen off yet and i'm waiting for the time where it just he's just not the same player but it hasn't happened yet in my opinion uh you know rockison i think he was a second round pick when he got drafted if i'm not mistaken he's pretty good um but other than that I, I just I just don't really know much about these other weapons. Like they they just don't jump out at jump out at me. Yeah, I I will say I think Kenny Moore is a pretty good slot cornerback. Um, I was I I watched the game last night for my my market research. I I forget who they played last. Um, the Jets. Yeah, the Jets. Thursday night football. Yeah, so I was watching that game and. Kenny Moore was making plays all over the place. Um, Xavier Rhodes is obviously their best cornerback, so we'll we'll see whether or not he suits up. But, I mean, outside of him, when you add into the fact that, that their safeties are banged up, um, I just think that this group is going to have a really hard time matching up with our receivers going four or five deep. Um, Rakusen has has the athleticism. He's got the playmaking ability um, to make some plays in the NFL, but he's also been very up and down. And I think he's kind of the type of player that if you go at him enough times, you're going to exploit him and you will get a big play on him. Um, And he might get one on you too, but um, outside of Rhodes, there's nobody really in that secondary that, that I'm worried about challenging. So I think this is the beauty of our receiving core that even if they have one, two good cornerbacks, you still have options. And and when a team seems to be pretty thin at the spot, it seems like a nice setup to go out there and have a day. Right. I suspect, as I mentioned about the safeties, that the Bills are probably going to test these cornerbacks. And who knows what the defensive scheme the Colts are going to or defensive approach that the Colts are going to take with the Buffalo Bills and their air raid offense. They might do that, you know, cover two shell, which 
really forces Allen to take things underneath and limits the big explosive plays. But uh, I have a feeling they still will try their best to exploit that that weak spots, those weak spots that we just alluded to, the corners, the safeties, unproven talent. Uh, from what you're telling me, if I if I'm not mistaken here, mm-hmm. so. Let's talk about more of the concerning aspect of this defense, and that's the defensive line. They have Quiddy Pay, who's a rookie. I think he he's from Michigan. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, there was a lot of drafts that suggested that you know if if he can get to the Bills, the Bills should take him. Obviously, he didn't make it to the Bills. The Colts scooped him up. And then you got DeForest Buckner, who's an absolute problem in the middle. We saw the impact that he had on in that wild card game last year. So whoever's on the offensive line that has to deal with them is going to have their hands full. Now, is it going to be like a big problem, kind of like when uh, Hayward was on uh, Feliciano? I don't know, but could something like that happen? Very possibly. It's very possible that that, something like that could happen, and that's a matchup that I'm eager to watch and I'm concerned about. So, big yikes. And then there's Muhammad and Stewart and Justin. I'll refer to you here. Tell us us everything about this defensive line, what, what the Bills should keep in mind when approaching them, what's the biggest concern for you, and where you think we can take advantage of this um mostly stay away from (laughs) buckner uh Mm -hmm. don't run at him use as many guys as necessary to contain him um the other guys aren't slouches on this line either muhammad adds three sacks himself um quitty pay obviously has has that first round pedigree the potential um he hasn't really come onto burst onto the scene yet, I guess I'll say. He's got one sack so far this season. Um, but DeForest Buckner has four and a half himself, and he's just that that game wrecking type of defensive tackle where, you know, you can you can double team him and he's still making plays. Oh, kitty cat. Um yeah, Buckner's just he's the type of guy that you have to game plan for and you have to account for at all times, or he is just He's going to give you problems all all game. So, like you said, I'm really interested to see what kind of offensive line strategies we use to try to neutralize him a little bit because you're not doing it one on one. Yeah, I I am very apprehensive, uh, apprehensive when one thing about this offensive line versus their defensive line. So. It's it's a matchup that I, I'm very eager to see, and I don't want to see it take advantage of the Bills. So let's move on to the linebackers here, and Darius Leonard, he's the man. Very, 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 very good player. Pro Bowl talent. He got paid in this offseason, and he deserves every single penny of that contract. He plays big in big moments. He was a reason that... The Colts were even remotely close in in that uh, wild card game, in my opinion. He was able to patrol the middle of that field and make things very difficult for Allen. He was able to contain him. Eh. 
He's he's gonna have a he's gonna have a role on Sunday, best believe. Yeah, this the linebacking group, I, I think this is the strength of the Colts defense. Um you got Bobby Okariki in there and Zaire Franklin. I think they're both pretty good linebackers, not great. Um, but how good Darius Leonard is elevates their play. And Darius Leonard, uh, he's in my conversation at the very least for the best linebacker in football. Um, he just he moves so well. He has good ball skills in the pass game. He's a good run stuffer. He literally just can do it all. Um, thus far on the season, he has four forced fumbles and also adds two interceptions. So it's like he just contributes into every phase of the defense. And, you know, I, I believe this was the same draft as uh, Tremaine, Ed- Tremaine Edmonds, and um, he went in the second round. I could be off by a year, but I think they were in the same linebacker or the same draft class, and Tremaine Edmonds is coming along really well, but I can't sit here and tell you that I, I'd be upset if we had pulled Darius Leonard instead, so... Definitely somebody to keep an eye on, and and much like DeForest Buckner, if if you if you let him, he will he has the capabilities of just ruining your day. So Darius Leonard drafted. Let's see here. Twenty eighteen, and Tremaine Edmonds, twenty eighteen, if I'm not mistaken. As well, yeah, you're right. I I did not know that they were in the same class. <laughs> I remember that he was someone that the that the Bills talked to. Um, obviously, you know they took Tremaine Edmonds, and I love Tremaine Edmonds. So I'm going to I I'm gonna say I am in, in the middle. Like, obviously, I love Tremaine for his length, and he really makes quarterbacks have to go around him and Darius Leonard is great also in in his own rights and I really think Tremaine's coming on strong in his in his fourth year here so I I think I'm not going to go as far as to say I would prefer to have Darius Leonard but there is more positive tape on Darius Leonard's you know resume than there is on Tremaine's, although Tremaine is trending in the right way. Yeah, I don't. I don't think either one would be a bad option at this point. I, I just, I just feel like Darius Leonard kind of came in and did it right from the start, and mm-hmm. Tremaine Edmonds is getting to that point now. And you know, a lot of that's probably to do with the fact that Tremaine came into the league as just a nineteen-year-old kid and. Just needed some time to develop, but he's he's proven me wrong this season, and he's looking great. So, right, right. Let's move on to coaching here before we wrap up the episode. The guy who's leading this team, as I mentioned earlier, is Frank Wright, uh, a guy, a very likable guy in Bills Mafia, and he's offensive minded. And I swear to God, if I have to hear, did you know that Frank Reich? played for the Buffalo Bills and had the biggest comeback of all time more than two, three times while I'm at the game. I'm, I'm just going to be like, I, we, we know it's, 
it's a belabored point. Everyone knows it. If you don't know football, you probably have heard it somewhere. If you live in the Western New York area, we get it. He played for the Bills. But on Sunday, it's business. But did you know that Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard? No. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. It's like they got these cue cards with, like, one talking point. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like when the Bills play the Steelers, and it's like, whoa, did you know Mike Tomlin and Sean McDermott were on the same team? Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Something else, please? Yeah, I I love Frank Reich as a as a head coach though, and it's it's not really just because of his ties to Buffalo. I think he really earned that job, and what he's done with that team, you know, you have Andrew Luck retire, Philip Rivers retires, and you know, it just seems like he's constantly making the best of a bad situation with the team and keeping them competitive and. I don't think that they have quite the chance to make a deep playoff run this year as they did last year. Um, but still, given given the set of cards that he's been dealt a couple of years in a row, I think he's doing a great job of of using the pieces he has to keep keep them as a competitive team. So that's off. Right, right. And then for offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, Marcus uh, Bradley coordinates the offense. He's got the 12th uh, ranked offense in total offense, according to ESPN. And then Matt Eberflus, 19th in total defense, according to ESPN. So right in the middle for in a slightly above average offense. So, yeah, it, it's a well-balanced team. Should be, should be a good matchup. Who do, you, who do you got taking this one? Oh, I got the Bills taking this one. But it's uh, this is going to be a tough... A tough defensive game, I think. Um, I have it like 24-21, and, and I have some sort of heart attack somewhere in the second half. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think the Bills took that loss from the Jaguars and came into practice really focused that week, and I think we see that going. Well, Justin's dog or cat might have disconnected him from the internet, but that's okay. It sounds like Justin thinks that the the Bills will win. I agree. I think it's going to be a real close one. And I'll say this. If, if the Bills can't win then i can never bring my girlfriend to anything bills related again it's over just like that so let's hope the bills get a w mainly i hope the bills get a w more than anything but uh yeah and moving on to the last segment things i want to see and don't want to see and if justin get back in here real quick he can contribute to this conversation i want to see the bills offense not be stifled like they were against the Jags. I want I want them to build off of what they did to the Jets and do it to the Colts. What I don't want to see is you know, it, it I'm always using a cheat cheat here, but I don't want to see what happened against the Jags happen to them. I don't want to see 
Josh Allen have no time against that defensive front and just pretty much ruin any possibility of a Bills W. So I, I think the Bills defense will be able to, you know, take care of business, but we'll see. And that's pretty much going to wrap up today's episode. So go ahead and like, comment, sub- subscribe, and review our podcast, as well as other amazing shows that you can find on the Bills and Buffalo Network. I'm sorry, I can't say subscribe for for whatever reason when the time when I have to say it, I guess, but we're always looking for great guests on our show. So if you're interested, feel free to reach out to us on our social media accounts by searching up the Wandering Buffalo podcast. Uh, you know, Justin can be found on social media by searching up jgods22, and I can be found by searching up 2changs. That's going to do it for today's episode. Go ahead and check out the other amazing shows on the Built in Buffalo Network. Well, let's hope for a Bills W, and go Bills. And I think we see that going 